Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Well, I am so honored to speak here tonight to all of you. It's really a privilege to me. And uh, tonight I'm going to tell you some stories about what missions-minded churches like yours accomplish in making God's will be accomplished around the world. So before we go into that, let's go back a few years in time and find out how the Fishers ended up in Hong Kong. Uh, my wife, Sharman, here, and I met in church. That's a good place to uh, meet a wife, uh, look for one. And uh, we got married and then went out and started a family. And I was in construction the whole time there, about 20 years and uh, uh, before we met and then after and uh, doing well financially, and then God put his finger in the middle of my back and hers and said, you need to go to Bible school. (laughs) And so uh, we obeyed, we did, we graduated, and then we got uh, joined a church that's a missions-minded church. Oh my. (laughs) And when you do that, uh, uh, be careful, because this particular church happened to be pastored by a man named Mark Brzee, if any of you have heard of him. He has a church in uh, Tulsa, Jerusalem, which is in the middle of uh, Oklahoma. And uh, one point, after a few years of attending and minding our own business, cheering for all the, all the missionaries that went through, one of them stood up and said, God's called us to start another Damata Bible school in another country, but here in the Philippines, we're leaving and we need some help. And for some reason, it's like, he was talking to Sharman, and I, so a long tor- story made short. Uh, we packed up our family. We went to the Philippines, and I was the dean of their, that school for one year. And while we were there, we prayed out, and literally another long story, to go to Hong Kong. And uh, so we packed up our family one time again, and we went to Hong Kong in 2003. And uh, go ahead and put up that first picture. This is the Fisher family arriving in Hong Kong in 2003. (laughs) And uh, since then, we've done uh, all kinds of things. We've been all over China. We started taking Bibles into China, and probably many of you have heard about that. And uh, Pastor uh, Rusty's done that himself. And and, uh, we've ended up taking about 50 tons of materials with us and the teams that we've taken across the border in just about any major city in Hong Kong. We've been there and even done ministry in uh, uh, orphanages, handicapped orphanages, elderly homes, uh, and even just recently, just before the COVID hit, we were in a leper colony, which was interesting, doing uh, all kinds of things for Jesus. And let me show you now what happens when missions-minded churches like you all's supports a missionary family for a long time. Go ahead and put up the next picture. This is why my wife is here, (laughs) so she can explain to all of you who all the people in that picture are. Go ahead, honey. Oh, yeah. So, can I say something first? (laughs) If Pastor Rusty says it's okay, it's okay. This presence of God is tangible in this place. Oh my goodness. No wonder you come on Wednesday night. <laughs> and if you're watching online, you need to come. Yeah. It is so like heaven here. And we've been to churches, big churches on this trip. 
We've been here two weeks, and I haven't felt this in any church. <laughs> it is so wonderful. So refreshing. Praise God. So we'll carry this back with us. Um, so starting on the left is our son-in-law, King. He is the Chinese pastor for our church. And our youngest daughter, JL, is a children's minister. And they have baby Stella, which I can't wait to get back. She's four months. And uh, then next to them, you probably know Joab and Amanda and um, the five kids. They are in Assemble. They're missionaries there. And then Kirk, our newest addition, was an intern, and he married uh, Jasmine in June of last year, and he's the interns director. She's youth and small groups and so many things. And then on the far right is our son, Naya, his wife, Janice, and um, the twin girls and um, their son. And he's a worship director, executive executive pastor. So little did we know that when we went over there, all of our kids would answer the call. So praise and God. And now the grandkids. And right. now our grandkids, nine of them. So what it takes for missions-minded churches to send people overseas and then keep them there for a long time are several things. Number one is uh, generosity. And you all have that down in this church. You're an amazing church, you know, not for its size, but I mean, per capita, if you multiplied it out, you are doing so much. It's amazing with the resources you have, and it's absolutely awesome. I mean, things are being accomplished that are going to your account, your heavenly account. Uh, another one uh, that, that needs to be done is you have to pray. You have to pray for your missionaries, and then you have to encourage them because there's a lot of them that have support and prayer, but they get burned out because they're not encouraged. They get forgotten like we did during the COVID-19, a lot of people except for Pastor Leah, who sends me an email every month, and we got a thing going on. <laughs> Encouragement, and I appreciate those. They really do uh, speak to us. And so let's go back and just take a look at this prayer thing for a minute, because some people don't quite realize how powerful their prayers are. Let's look at uh, Ephesians, if you put this up, chapter 6 and verse 19. Here's the Apostle Paul speaking, a famous missionary. And he says, uh, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, many of you, if you've been a Christian for a while, may have read that a number of times. But let's look at that a little bit closer. First of all, the word fearlessly. How many of y'all know that apparently Paul had an opportunity to be in fear? Now, you just go ahead and read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and you'll find out some reasons why he might have had an opportunity to be afraid, being beaten with rods, stoned, left for dead, uh, shipper, all kinds of things. You know, you must have thought every time he goes to, okay, now what's going to happen to me in this town? That Oh, pelleted with stones. I hadn't thought of that one yet. And, and so he might have had an opportunity to be, to be afraid, except look at the first four words in that verse. He says, pray for me also that I would not become fearless. Now, here's what's interesting in that. Who was he talking to? He didn't write that to uh, uh, the pastors and the prayer team and say, hey, pastors, prayer team, pray for me so that I don't get afraid. He was not writing to the Bible school grads. 
because, you know, they know how to pray because they've been to Bible school. No, he was writing to the church, you know, as it's, you know, referred to as laity or whatever, as all of you. That's who Paul was talking to 2,000 years ago, which applies to us today, which means you have the ability to pray so powerfully that when you pray, Revelation, uh, as he refers to here, would come to him and he would not speak fearlessly. Do y'all know you had that much power in your prayers? I mean, that had to work. I mean, if that didn't work for the church to pray because they really couldn't pray that powerfully, well, then why would he have asked him to pray? So we can conclude your prayers have great power. And they actually accomplish things, which we see. Look at how many things the Apostle Paul accomplished. Okay, here's the big question. What if the church that the Apostle Paul was asking to pray for him hadn't prayed? Hey, Paul, you know, I, I'm just a you know, little guy in the church. I, my prayers wouldn't mean anything. I'm not going to bother even trying to pray for you. Or, well, Paul, hey, I, I'm, I'm so busy you know, I just got some deals going on at work, and I'm just I'm busy. You know, the kids, you know, I'm just busy, busy, busy. You know how that is. I'm afraid I don't have time to pray. What would have happened if those people hadn't prayed? How about this? Do you think the Apostle Paul would have accomplished everything he accomplished in the New Testament if the people from the church he asked to pray wouldn't have prayed? I'm setting you guys up. Are you walking right into this here? If that's so, what do you think it means when you all have the opportunity to pray for all the missionaries located in all the countries on the sides of the church building here? You can accomplish things. Revelation can come to them that otherwise wouldn't if you pray. But if you don't pray... Oh, my. Now, listen to this one. If, if the Apostle Paul needed prayer for revelation, how much more does Pastor Randy need your prayer for revelation so when he gets up here to speak, it's anointed by the Holy Ghost? Don't you ever go home and say, wow, that was really a boring message that Pastor preached today, and, and you didn't pray for him to get revelation. Okay. You pray for him to get revelation, and I'll bet you his sermons are going to get really good. Yeah, y'all see how that's uh, working out there? Well, if Pastor Rusty needs prayer from the people, how much more does Brother Steve and all the missionaries need your prayer? Because Paul even prayed some other things. Uh, in Colossians, he says, pray for us that a door may be opened unto us. Uh, he says, pray that we would be delivered from unbelievers. Yeah. So when you all pray, especially uh, you Holy Ghost folks in here, we got a, we got a lot of them in here, the Holy Ghost folks that can get leading by the Holy Ghost so that when they pray, they even pray specific things that wouldn't be known to them, that could help somebody outside of the world at a particular moment when they needed it. Yeah, so do you see the value in that prayer? For example, let me tell you a story it has no other explanation, I believe, than what I've just told you. My son and I, about just a little over 10 years ago, we were leading a team into Xi'an, which is located in central China. And uh, we had probably about a dozen people and a whole bunch of fire Bibles. Did you 
take those in the particular fire. It's a really cool Bible put together by the Assemblies of God. It's the Bible with commentary in it, all in the same, over every scripture in the Bible, it's got commentary under the scriptures, and it's in Chinese. Uh, so a young Chinese person can read the Bible, and then they have some commentary that explains it, which is, you know, what pastor does every Sunday, commentating or uh, uh, speaking about the Word of God. And so it's really helpful to them, especially new believers. You know, they don't understand some of this stuff, but they get some commentary on it. And since it's spirit-filled, they have commentary that says the Holy Ghost has not passed away with the last apostle. Healing is still for today, and uh, a lot of the whole ministry of the spirit, uh, spirit is still active. Outstanding book, and we've taken thousands and thousands and thousands of those into China, which you all helped us with your support to be there and do that. So here we are taking a whole load of those, and my son had, I think, two big bags of these, so could have been a uh, hundred of these books. And when we got to the train station there, uh, left Hong Kong, got to Sion, we're going through the train station, and we split up, because they have a lot of different, uh, these scanner machines, kind of seeing what you got, and, and we've never had problems going through those. I don't know what they're looking for, but when we were exiting the train station, we had to go through that, um, and as we were going through, I'm sorry, when we were entering the train station for our next train, we had to go through that. We put our bags on the scanner. We break up into teams, kind of go through different spots. My little group of people was down on the end, and I just noticed my son, Joab, was at this one scanner by himself. He went through, and somebody came up to him and stopped him and started talking with him. And immediately, we kind of know that's not what we like to have happen. <laughs> but uh, so this one guy was talking, and then all of a sudden I saw he waves over. Another customs agent comes over and starts talking to him. And I thought, this isn't good. So me as a brave dad, I turned to my team and said, let's get out of here and go someplace else so this doesn't get any worse. And so we did. We went to where our train was going to leave, and we we're all huddled down, and we're just praying as hard as we can, you know, shundai, rundai, you know, have a hundai, and we're just praying in the spirit. And, and uh, all of a sudden, about, you know, 10 minutes later, here comes Joab just whistling away like, you know, nothing happened. And he goes, Joab, what happened? You saw you, those guys, several of them were around you, and, and uh, they're all talking to you. What, what went on? I said, oh, yeah, that was really weird. Uh, he says, uh, uh, I pulled my bags to the scanner, and then a guy stopped me, and in Chinese, he started telling me, he, sa he says, uh, all these, uh, what's in these bags? And he kept saying, you know, what, what, what's in all these bags? But he said it in Chinese, and a job spoke enough Chinese to know what he was saying, but he just kind of, you know, did the, uh, I, don't, I don't understand, you know, the dumb American thing, you know, I, I don't understand, you know, what, what do you mean? So the guy goes and gets another guy. This guy speaks a little bit of English, and he's pointing at the bag and saying, uh, uh, what's in the bags, you know, who, who's, who's, uh, who's, what's in here? Who, who owns these? And uh, Job just, again, starts saying, you know, I, I don't understand. I, I do not understand. So finally, he goes and gets a third guy. And this guy speaks perfect English. This guy comes up here and says, uh, uh, what's in all these bags? And Job says, oh, they're just books. And he says, okay. He says, are, uh, whose books are these? And Job says, uh, I'm sorry, my back protect. <laughs> I missed my best line here. The third guy comes up and says, what's in all these bags? And Joab looks at him and says, uh, no comprende. <laughs> now, later he thought of saying that. He actually didn't say that. But then he answered the guy, because the guy directly said, you know, whose books are all these? And Joab just said, well, they're my books. You know, he didn't know how to skirt that. So uh, the guy looks at him and says, all these books are your books. And Joab says, yes. And he says, 
okay, you may go. And he said, you may go. <laughs> so Jerob turns and he leaves. And we don't know why. I mean, you wonder, why did that happen? I don't know. Jerob didn't go back to ask and we didn't want to. We just got to our next destination. Now, I believe things like that happen because missions-minded churches pray that their missionaries be rescued from unbelievers and people do whatever, but they don't see and we go on. I could tell you stories all night about just those types of occurrences. So... Here's another example. I believe that when the missions-minded churches pray, revelation comes okay, to the Holy Spirit, to the men of God here and around the world. Back in uh, January of 2020, the world learned another name of a Chinese city. Everybody knows the three, but they learned the fourth one. You all know where Beijing, Shanghai, and Hong Kong are. And then you all learned of another city named... Yeah, okay, you, you guys are on top of this, you, you educated church. Yes, and uh, some of my people from my church went to Chinese New Year in China, not far from Wuhan, and things have, well, they came back, I don't know if they were infected, but a bunch of people did. Came back to Hong Kong, and, and in January, all of a sudden, we have this wave hit in Hong Kong, and back then, it wasn't even much, like, you know, a few hundred, and they thought the world was coming to an end, so it's locked down. So the end of January, we were told the last Sunday, we can no longer meet in church. Nobody can meet in groups larger than four. Now, as a pastor, that means no more church. And I mean, it hit me too, because nobody else was in lockdown. None of the rest of the world was. Maybe there was a few in Wuhan that were shut down, but no one else was having to experience this. And so what do you do? And I remember grieving, thinking, I don't know what to do. Should we just shut our church down till this passes? <laughs> I'm glad we didn't do that. And then I thought, no, I had a leading to just continue church as we're doing, keep streaming our services. We've got a bunch of Gen Z guys that, you know, got us up on Facebook and YouTube, and we, we streamed our services and said, hey, okay, well, we can just keep doing that. We'll just get a little basic crew of people together uh, to do that much of it. And uh, then I thought of something. I thought, yeah, but what about the kids? I mean, are they just going to be left at home? They're all locked down at home, can't go to school, literally can't even leave the house. And, and now we're going to have the adult service. You know, what are the kids supposed to play with toys in the other room while this all happens and not get any spiritual <laughs> feeding? And then revelation came because missions-minded churches prayed and I got revelation. And, and I knew we're supposed to start our church service with a children's segment. 30 minutes. I said, let's do that. I went to my daughter and says, I don't care what you do. You can sing and dance whatever, but you make this so fun for the kids. They will drag their parents in there and make them start the program, you know, the service right at uh, 11 o'clock. I think at that time we were meeting and uh, they'll watch and they'll get something from God. And so uh, go ahead and put up that first picture here. Here's my daughter and uh, her husband, King, doing the ministry. And uh, we showed a, uh, a U version uh, called the Bible Adventure video. The kids uh, love those. They're really high quality, very well done. And so what happened is during this cool lockdown, now we had families sitting down together, going to church, watching what their kids were watching, and we started getting feedback. Wow, you guys got some awesome stuff that you show our kids here. This is really good. Yeah, that's maybe why you need to bring them every Sunday so that they can get spiritual growth like you do and... And so that was uh, really good. And so we, uh, 
got through that lockdown. Actually, the next wave, we got hit with five waves in Hong Kong. Lockdown, open up, lockdown, open up, lockdown. Second wave, we learned how to do a new thing called Zoom. How many of you in 2019 and prior had no idea what a Zoom was, but all of a sudden, you are all now proficient in Zoom? Well, uh, our children's ministry got all of the kids on Zoom meetings in our future lockdown, so they had their own uh, Sunday school uh, all together, kids' church, and so we made it through that. And even also, my daughter started connecting with some of the other churches. They had a little group that communicated. And when this happened, a lot of these churches, they had no idea what to do. They were literally shutting down because they had, you know, no streaming going on, uh, especially no kids programs going on. So we, they, she started telling them about our program. And our online views went from a few hundred to a few thousand <laughs> because people all over Hong Kong were watching and seeing what was happening. You know, with that was at the time, you know, this is all new. Everyone was really afraid and locked down, if you remember that at the beginning. And so here, what you all are sowing to us is now being broadcast to people all over Hong Kong. And then, of course, we share everything for free. If they need to know how to live stream, we have other uh, ministries we connected them with so they could get up their live streaming programs and their kids' programs. And uh, that was a huge blessing to get through that. So that happened because mission-minded churches pray. And here's another story. This is just uh, at the beginning of 2002, we hit lockdown number five. Lockdown, just in the space before that, we had our largest service ever during our Christmas program. And then starting January of 2002, we had the big one. And that, uh, I don't know if you were watching any of that, uh, Hong Kong went crazy and uh, with their infection numbers. And this is when China was really putting the pressure down on zero COVID. And so here's the infections going from 10,000 to 20,000 in a few days, and then 30,000 a few more days, and then 40,000 a few more days. And you really feel weird rooting for the infection because <laughs> 40,000, yes, oh man, that's awesome. And then 50,000 to hit that. I mean, we were just, yes, go, because we want to crush this zero COVID because it's not going to work. You all know that? There's no way China's going to, they tried, <coughs> excuse me, but it didn't work. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> so at the uh, uh, <coughs> beginning of this, we're going into this, uh, another lockdown, but then suddenly I get an email from the principal of the school we were meeting as a temporary uh, set-up teardown church. And <clears throat> I wasn't expecting this. Not only did they take my people away, but now they're going to take our facility away. Now, when you're a pastor, <clears throat> your people and your facility mean a lot to you. You know, it's just kind of, you take them all away. You kind of feel like, you know, naked or something. I don't know. And, and it was like a low blow. I mean, it's like, God, what, what are we supposed to do here? To... And so... At literally what I felt like was one of the lowest moments in my ministry, because I did not know what to do on this one, then revelation came because people pray in missions-minded churches, and I got this revelation that here's what we need to do. We had just renovated an office space, about 700 square feet, so we had a faith family church office. We don't have a facility, so at least we had that, and it like gave you some place to meet and have people come over for prayer groups and all kinds of things, and that was great. I got the revelation. We need to turn that into a filming studio to broadcast our services. So our office just became our lifeboat. Great. <clears throat> we can do that. So we got all the stuff out of, our, of the school, and then we took it over there, set up a whole 
uh, filming studio, but there's another problem. We had a simultranslation Cantonese speaker speaking while I was preaching. And I thought, I don't want to lose all of my Cantonese-speaking people because at this office location, we couldn't do the simultranslation. It's just kind of complicated and it's too small. to. So I didn't know what to do, and I'm struggling with that until Revelation came. Just a little bit earlier, I had heard my daughter talking in the picture you just saw with her husband, King, and she said he's really working hard to, uh, to be a stronger Christian. Uh, he's growing, and he was doing something really neat, Dad. She said, he's taking your notes from your Sunday service and preaching them <clears throat> to the youth. Uh, great. And she said, he's getting pretty good, you know, at, at communicating, you know, and he always use your notes so he'd have something to work with. And then the revelation came. I had a revelation uh, vision from the movie The Lion King. You know that scene where the, the monkey holds up baby Simba and says, it is time. Yeah. I looked at King and I said, it is time. <laughs> I said, King, here's what we're going to do. In our office, we're going to have a first service in English, everything in English. And then when we're done, we're going to have another service in Cantonese. And you're going to preach it with my notes. We're going to sing in Cantonese. You're going to preach in Cantonese. We're going to have our uh, prayer uh, after that in Cantonese. And... Uh, he did, and go ahead and put up that next picture. Here's what it looked like. <clears throat> that is King preaching his first Cantonese message. We, we ordained him on the fast track. I mean, it's, in the name of Jesus, you are ordained. Now get those notes and start studying because you're preaching in just a few minutes. <clears throat> and uh, to this day, uh, right when we opened back up again in the summer, we kept with two services, and uh, he's now... Uh, his service is now actually even bigger than our English service, his Cantonese service, and he's even getting more views on YouTube than I am. But hey, that's okay. That's okay. I, I am, I'm dealing with that and uh, having... So, no, it's an honor when the, the students exceed the teacher. So, and of course, I am all for him and what he is doing. But here's something really interesting. This is what God does. When you were at your lowest point like we were, at the, we had our people taken away, our facility taken away, and we went to two services. Yeah. How often does that happen? Unless God is your God and he gives you revelation. <clears throat> now, there's a reason I told you those stories. And it's because God is a God of generations. Let's take a look at Exodus chapter 3 and verse 15. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from, generation to generation. God was not, he was not only referring to three individuals, but three generations. Now here's why that's important today. There's a number of pastors, uh, spiritual leaders that I've heard talking that have just short of and literally almost actually said, Gen Z is our last generation. Now, all you have to do is look around in the world today, and you can uh, see some evidence, 
as to why this next generation or this Gen Z generation is like no other generation in history, not even close to any other generation. I mean, I can remember when I was a young kid in our denominational school and uh, our Sunday school teacher was talking about the mark of the beast. You probably remember this in earlier days and, and, and the computer chips that just came out. And they were, she was telling us, now, the mark of the beast, the Bible tells us, you don't want to get that because that's of the Antichrist. And what the government's going to try to do is they're going to try and take these new computer chips that are coming out, and they're going to try and put one in your forehead or in your wrist. And if you take that mark of the beast, you go straight to hell. And those little 10-year-old kids are sitting there shaking in their desk. And, okay, okay, yeah. <clears throat> Newsflash. Y'all already got a chip. You just carry it around in your pocket. Think about it. It knows everything about you. It knows how much money you have in the bank. It knows who all your friends are. It even knows how many Bible verses you read in the last month. Yeah. So... What does that mean? It means we are in the last of the last of the last of the last of the last days. When you look at things, it's quite amazing. And uh, I went to God <clears throat> coming out of our COVID. That last time is like people were kind of brain damaged. You know, they just, they just weren't trying to find, you know, because even though it's like it's over, it's not the same, and they're trying to find their way. Well, that's where we as a church are to lead them out. But it was tough. And so I went to God and I was saying, how are we going to reach this next generation? And I heard something because, I mean, there's still, you know, well over a billion people that are now in China that are in an Orwellian lockdown like never before. And so how are we going to reach them? <laughs> I mean, I was literally saying that with all my heart. And in my heart, I heard something because there were some missions-minded churches praying, and Revelation came, and I heard, if you want to reach people that have never been reached before, you're going to have to do some things that have never been done before. That yeah, I've heard that. I know some leadership guys talked about that, and so kind of half sarcastically, I said, like what? You know, <laughs> it's a bad idea to say that to God, because, <clears throat> and I heard something in my heart that I've never heard before, didn't see coming, and it was offer paid missionary internships to Gen Z. And first I heard that, and I know I didn't think of that. <laughs> but then have you ever had a situation where, you know, God says something from way up there, and you know he's not seeing the ground level effects of what he's trying to say, so you have to explain to him? <clears throat> and I said, God, yeah, Gen Z, yeah, good kids. <laughs> so God, do you know they drink pumpkin spice coffee? And... Uh, can't stop looking at their iPhones, and, and uh, I heard something. This is a generation, or this is a, a world that has never existed before. And just think about it for a minute, and I just saw this like flash of what the world is like today. You know, we buy things on our iPhones. We communicate on our iPhones through, you know, uh, WhatsApp groups and uh, social networking and uh, shop. <laughs> on the internet and iPhones, and, and it's just everywhere, totally consumed and literally controlling us. And so it's like I saw that, and I thought, well, 
this other thing, the pandemic has literally pushed technology 20 years ahead in just two to three years. Okay? And so it's like, okay, I conceded. Okay, I get that. But there's one other problem. God, let me just fill you in on this one. You may want to reconsider. Pay missionaries to go to the foreign field. I mean, aren't, aren't missionaries supposed to trudge the heat and the cold and use their faith to bring in the money? And Yeah. And I heard this. If you don't pay them, they won't go. And I thought, yeah, that's probably right. And then I heard this. Facebook will pay them. Google will pay them. Twitter will pay them. What would happen if the church paid them to go to the ends of the earth using their unique set of gifts to do things that have never been done, to reach people that have never been reached before. And I said, okay, God, I get it. So we're putting together, have put together a program to offer paid missionary internships to Gen Z. We set out with a goal to reach, to get, to take 12 Gen Z missionaries completely underwritten for an entire one-year commitment, cost about $26,000 per intern. We've already got six spoken for completely underwritten internships. Two months ago, our our, our first missionary intern, Gen Z, showed up in Hong Kong, has been working with us for a month and a half. Our next one comes in just a couple more weeks. So we'll have two, and then we'll keep adding until we get our 12. And that happens because missions-minded churches pray, support, and encourage. So uh, my wife wanted to show one more bonus video. How many of y'all like double features? Y'all, any of y'all old enough where you actually went to the movies to see a double feature or the drive-in? <clears throat> we can do that tonight. Uh, we have one more video that, that we made uh, that kind of shows some of the things that happened here in the last four years in Hong Kong, so it'll bring you up to speed. You can kind of see some of the things we do in our church, Faith Family Church in Hong Kong, and some of the challenges we in Hong Kong have been going through. Before we start that, I just want to say thank you so much to Pastor Rusty and Leah for all the support and prayer and encouragement you have given us, which have kept us over there. And now our kids are part of your investment and going even further than what we did. And the grandkids are you know, going to end this thing, I believe. So uh, thank you so much. And all of you of Island Church, thank you so much. I know you are a faithful group of spirit-filled prayers here that uh, accomplish things, God's will around the world so y'all wonder why i'm always saying you need to come to prayer you need to do these things it's because this story is repeated over and over and over and all these people that we take care of around the world this isn't easy easy. this is not an easy church to be a part of it's not 
because churches like this bear the brunt of the most insidious attacks of the devil because he knows their effectiveness. And you know, I saw that when I saw that one kid up there, the Lord just said, that's an answer to your prayers. What you've been praying when you've been saying, when Zion travails, sons and daughters born into the kingdom. We don't care if they're born in Galveston or in Hong Kong, just as so long as they're born. Man, what an awesome time to be alive. This is it. This is it. If you wonder if they well, it may be no, no, this is this is it. These are the days that have been prophesied, the days that have been that the whole that all of creation pointed toward the culmination of the land lease of the earth, the human family is coming to an end. Literally. And we're gonna get to witness it. And we're gonna get to participate with what God wants to do in the midst of it. What an awesome, awesome opportunity. Amen. Praise God. I hope you brought a second offering. I, I did. I knew that they would be here this evening. I Just give your best. Give from your heart. Praise God. I. We trust God for money, for, for missions. We always tell people that, you know, not only should you support missions work through your local church, but you should also, as an individual, have a missionary you support. If a nation touches your heart, I tell people this all the time. I've told people this here for years. If a nation touches your heart, then give toward it. Give personally, although you give toward the church. And then if we're connected to someone there, you go visit them. You go see them. Pray with them on that soil, like he said. Go to Hong Kong. Go to, go to Dundalk, Ireland. You know? Go to Nicaragua. Go to, go, to, go to Mexico. Go to all these places where we have, you know, all these people... Go to Africa if you want to go to Africa. I mean, there's, there's we know people all over the world. But that's the thing. When you connect yourself to the heart of God, and when you connect yourself to missions, you connect yourself to the heart of God. I've seen God keep churches alive that were just down to nothing, but they cared about missions, and God would always turn them into something great. Always move them into something great. Hallelujah. What an awesome, awesome opportunity. Thank you guys for coming, man. It's so good. We're so sorry it's for such a short time, but didn't you enjoy them? They're so good when they come. You know, Lee and I have been in Hong Kong. It's a fascinating city. Of all the cities I've been in, that's the most fascinating city. I think the most beautiful myself. I mean, I've been in Manila. I've been in Mexico City. I've been in, I've been in London. I've been in all of them, you know, but I tell you, that's a fascinating city. It is. At nighttime, it is just unbelievable. And it's a still, it's still a city with life in it. You know, communism does so much to just suck the life. We went into Managua, Nicaragua in 92 after the, the communism had lost its hold there. And all they left was a shell. That's all it was, just a shell of a city. And it was the move of God that brought life back into Managua. That's what brought it back. Wow. Amazing. Start thinking about all that God has done. It just blows your mind. It's unbelievable. Wow. Let's pray for them real quick. Amen. Father, we pray for them all the time. You know that. We call their names at least weekly, at least, sometimes more than that. And Father, we lift them tonight so they hear our words. They hear our, our faith. Lord, we surround them with faith and love. We speak into their vision that they'll have wisdom, that they'll know what to do to increase in the midst of decrease to step forward when others are stepping back. 
And Father, that the favor of God would be upon them like they've never experienced before. A favor, Lord, which will not only open doors, but protect and shield them from the tyranny of that which is planned for that city. And Father, we declare over them that there is a grace of protection and blessing that belongs to them in the last days that's coming online now, right now, right now. And Father, we know that because of that, the exponential multiplication of their faith is happening. Hallelujah. You guys expect that. Everything has been addition. You're fixing to hit multiplication. The exponential curve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yeah, we'll, we'll just pray about that. Amen. Praise God. Well, lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. We worship you. Glorify your name. Now hold your offering up. Praise God. You know, you think about locations, different places which revival can break out and affect the world very quickly. Hong Kong, especially in the technical realm, is, is definitely that city. That if a real revival breaks out, I mean a real every night move of God, it's going to go all over the world. It'll go all over the world. We'll be watching it here until we don't have to watch it no more. Amen. But it's one of the few places in the world that that can happen. That that literally can happen because of the way it is tied to the world. It's incredible. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I sow tonight into what you're doing in these last days. In the nations, in the generations, in the people that Jesus died for. Thank you, Father, that as I sow tonight... As you said in your word, if I'd sow spiritual seed, I'd reap back a harvest of spiritual goodness. So tonight I sow that men and women in Hong Kong and in China would be born again and come into the kingdom of God. That the effectiveness of the church would multiply and that the harvest of God the precious fruit of the earth would come into the barn in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you. Every seed reproduces after its own kind. Therefore, we sow toward the young people and all the people of this island and of this area, declaring Jesus is Lord, declaring the devil defeated, and another seed sown as we contend for revival. Thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, amen. You can bring your offerings forward. Glory to God. Now, you know, don't ever think that you may be, uh, you know, too old, too this, too that, too whatever to be used by God. Amen. One of the great testimonies that came out of Ramah when Brother Hagen was still alive was a couple that was a, 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 a 
I think they were Lutheran pastors. And they had, they had uh, 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 retired, pastored for 40 years, retired, and they were in their, like their mid-60s. And they, just for a, just kind of like a novelty or a curiosity thing, went to a camp meeting in, in uh, Tulsa and ended up filled with the Holy Ghost. They went to Bible school, and at, I think, age 68, were called into the ministry and went into the missions ministry. So I think somewhere down in uh, 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 Central America somewhere, went down to the missions down in there. Went to heaven on the mission field. And that's up, 68 years old. Hallelujah, isn't that great? God will use you. All you got to do is just make yourself available. You say, well, I just, what do I need to do? Well, just, just, just be available first, and God will show you exactly what to do. You'll know how to do it. Amen. You love the Lord tonight. Stand on your feet. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Y'all don't have any books or anything like that? No, not this time? All right. Praise God. Father, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for not only the information, but the inspiration of what we see. Answers to our prayer. That which we have declared for many, many years around here over this precious family. Lord, thank you tonight as we leave, as is our tradition. We declare the protection and safety of God over the congregation, both present and, Lord, those that are not here tonight, those that are near and dear to our hearts. Thank you, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh us. Angels have charge over us. So, Father, we thank you whether we travel the highways, airways, seaways, or railways, we're protected, blessed of you, Lord. Father, thank you also for open doors of utterance, just like the Apostle Paul prayed that we may boldly speak your word. Stretch forth your hand. Signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. We thank you, Father, that in each and every one of our hearts we'll not miss an opportunity during the week when we're out and about. Lord, anyone, let us be an answer to their prayer. Problem to the devil. A miracle in somebody else's life. We thank you for it, Father. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.